It's Monday, and you know what time it is. It is FRPC Hoops. I am here with the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, the Canadian Zach Lowe, and also the forever Canadian son of one Loretta Kern, RIP Mom, mm-hmm. Nico Miotello. How was your weekend, sir? Um, my weekend was a lot of fun, Vince. Um, my fiance's cousin, Chantel, one of her best friends since she was a little girl, got married. And there was uh, <clears throat> multiple days to the event. There was just just two days, but it uh, it was a lot of fun. Both nights were that kind of action-packed. We got to spend time with a whole lot of her family, eat a lot of good food, and uh, get just have fun in general at a party. It was nice to kind of relax and do something like that. Okay, audience, we're about to see if Nico is a good enough scout because he was supposed to go on a mission. These are probably people he's going to see in about a month, a little over a month. We're like August 22nd. We're barreling down. Mm -hmm. So note taking from this, uh, this affair that we uh, went to this weekend. Um, The first, the first thing that we definitely noticed the officiant who who, the, a friend of mine who's going to be the officiant at my wedding. um, We, we need to make sure to let him know that uh, you tell everyone to stand up, please rise you also have to tell everyone to please be seated because the officiant at her cousin's wedding did not do such things and went through her entire service without saying it. So, yes. So slowly uh, I was next to my fiance's mom because my fiance was standing in uh, a wedding party and she is disabled from an accident uh, that quite a few years ago. And has a hard time walking, walks with a walker. And she stood to begin the ceremony. And she stayed standing for something like eight minutes. And finally, she just couldn't do it anymore. So she sat down. And then after she sat down, slowly person by person on what the opposite side of the aisle the other pews started sitting down and then eventually everyone on that side sat down but everyone except for my fiance's mom on our side was standing and then slowly person by person you saw them drop off as this service was going on it wasn't a super long service only maybe 30 40 minutes but it still was a long time for a lot of older guests to be standing. And uh, we need to make sure to, to cut that out of the, of the wedding for sure, because it, a lot of people were cranky afterwards. There was a split second that I was going to be officiant at this wedding. And then my whole life fell apart Mm with my mom passing away and all kinds of other stuff that's going on. So yeah. unfortunately I will not be there to tell people to 
rise and then please be seated. Um, but I hope that's a good note. Note for you. Yeah. Um, now on to maybe the other thing that we need to talk about with this wedding. You saw the amount of people, right? Can you hear me? You the can other hear me? thing we need to talk about with this wedding is what I heard, and then it's got a little chop. Oh, okay. All right. So the people, mm-hmm. the amount of people yeah. at this wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you got to see it, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Well, actually, there were far less people at her cousin's wedding than there will be at ours. She had um, 75 people the first night. And then something like, I think they were planning for 150, but they had uh, kind of a lot of no-shows. So so I think maybe 125 is more where they ended up. Mm-hmm. All right. So it wasn't, it, so it was scale down to what you're looking at, your situation yeah. would be. Um, yeah. So, well. Good little run through, mm-hmm. good little run through yeah. for what, what you're about to go through. Definitely, and also nice. we had a good little run through in the summer league, Nico. We sure did. This, it's over. It is, and we have a new champion. Unfortunately, and they come from the land. They do. Cleveland Cavaliers are the summer league champion. Uh, we had Isaiah Mobley doing things we had Amani Bates doing things um the guy that stole summer league Cam Whitmore mm-hmm. just doing things yeah. it was great uh I have so many opinions on him but we'll get to those your thoughts on the game itself mm-hmm. and then your thoughts on like uh some of the like little breakout performances of, of what happened uh over the weekend that maybe people were kind of like enjoying sun. Yeah. Maybe enjoying like the weather and us idiots were inside watching basketball. You gotta watch summer. Okay. So who were some of the guys that you were uh, impressed with over the weekend? Well, I gotta say first, like good job to the Cavaliers, whatever, but the Rockets. That's salty. Yeah, it had definitely. So disrespectful. I'm sorry, Cavalier fans. I was like, I'm sorry, Cavalier fans. Your boy is salty. I, so salty. I needed. I needed this W. But um, good. Good job to them. No, overall, they do have uh, some exciting young talent on that team. I think you mentioned the two guys, Isaiah Mobley, or, and uh, Amani Bates. They both look like they could be NBA players in the summer league overall. And that's not something I've generally thought was a hundred percent true for a guy in Imani Bates. So hopefully uh, he ends up fulfilling on some of this promise, but uh, Sam Merrill, I want to say was also really impressive to me. I thought he played really well. He looks like a good shooter and maybe someone Cleveland could find a spot for in their rotation they they could always use some additional shooting there i liked him quite a bit um by the way on him before you i don't want to cut you off but a little background on him i don't know you know mm-hmm. great shooter coming out of college yeah 
was going to make a team. I think it was in Milwaukee or whatever case may be. Got hurt. Yeah. Got hurt. And his performance in the summer league, this is the type of things that I love to see is when you see the guy who sticks with it. Yeah. And definitely knows how to play the game of basketball and understands like, okay, I can score. I can do this. I can shoot. But I have to fill out my game. I have to fill it out with with other things. Mm-hmm. His passing, his com- his competitiveness on defense, you know, um, his ability to to kind of spread the floor, not just with the shooting, but with the movement. Their movement was excellent early on in the summer league game that I saw last last night. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They they do a good job with ball movement overall on that team and it it definitely came to fruition. The Rockets had chances. They made uh, a comeback early when they started hitting their threes, but it became clear it came to a critical mass of just the the sheer lack of passing on this uh, summer league roster that existed and uh our two-way guy from last year and this year, Trevor Hudgens, had uh, by far his worst game of the summer league and was taking us completely out of it, making bad passes, taking uh, jump shots with a ton of time left on the clock. That being said, there was still some nice performances overall. Um, Cam Whitmore doing Cam Whitmore things. Uh, his eight seal game from the other day just completely got me over the moon. I I love this guy as a prospect. I w- was worried about him being a rocket because I thought if he was a rocket, it was going to be at the fourth pick. But getting him at pick twenty is an absolute like. A home run I couldn't have even imagined pre-draft, so I'm I'm over the moon with the spot we're in. Um, the the guy I want to talk about for the Rockets overall, though, I think their uh, third two-way spot kind of got chored up in this game, and Jermaine Samuels Jr. has been playing really good defensively, doing some passing, taking some shots. I think he might be the type of guy who can develop into an NBA player, switchable and uh, athletic dude overall. It's a, it's a solid build and I, I'd be interested to see him on the team this upcoming year. That's interesting. Cause I saw him last night was not the real. It wasn't his best game last night. But he he's uh, been mic'd up a couple times, and he's been out there like calling the defense for the whole team and like putting guys in position, going out there and making good rotations overall, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Solid screen setter as well. So I think he's like a, a third two-way spot isn't something huge, but he's a guy I'd be intrigued to see more of. Uh, Fletcher McGee as well as a shooter. He's interesting if uh, maybe Trevor Hudgens played himself out of a two-way spot last night. He'd be another guy I'd like to perhaps bring in from this team. Yeah, the game was um, early on. You saw ball movement from Mm -hmm. Cleveland, and that was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, You also saw uh, 
you know, Chris, <coughs> excuse me, Chris Baskin passing. You saw Whitmore dominate mm-hmm. uh, physically, athletically, um, and also understood body control mm-hmm. and that nobody could stay in front of him, honestly. Um, they, <coughs> excuse me, I had something in my throat. Um, the other thing, they sent a lot of doubles his way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <coughs> Which, to me, let me knew right away that Cleveland was trying to win this game. Oh. Like, they had a plan. Yeah. Are you not hearing no, me? No, no, I heard you. I just wasn't. I, I'm not looking at the screen, so I wasn't sure if you were. Uh, yeah, they definitely weren't messing around in this game overall. And they came early ready to uh, attack Cam and kind of take Houston out of the offense overall. They ended up settling for an insane amount of threes, which kind of makes sense when you have Ben Sullivan, who's a shooting coach, as your uh, head coach out there. And we, like I mentioned earlier, all of the passers had kind of moved off the team. So that part is kind of understandable. I just uh, clearly what Cleveland was doing defensively wasn't something that could be easily solved by the Rockets in this game. All right, let's get to some of the uh, second rounders because we kind of focused a lot on the first rounders getting love and what have you. Yeah, we need to get some to some of these standout second rounders um, because one, we want to see if there's a pathway of development for them to reach uh, a, a certain level in the NBA. There might be a couple of these guys that actually might hit, and we look at them in the likes of like a Draymond Green or a Nikola Jokic um, five or six years from now. I'm not putting anything Mm -hmm. past some of these guys. Some of the standouts that we saw in Summer League, Nico has a list, and we're going to kind of go through them and see if we could try to see what they are right now, what we saw, little hints of what they could be, and then – Ultimately, where we might believe they end up in the NBA as far as role and fit and, and things of that nature. Uh, what was the first guy on your list, Nico, that uh, really stood out to you from the second round? Uh, well, <clears throat> he. this is a guy who I think is going to be put in uh, rotation year one. He got taken towards the end of the round. And uh, my guy, Trace Jackson Davis, I'm he has kind of stolen my heartstrings even more than I liked him before in the draft in this summer league performance because he's kind of fitting into a role that I've imagined <clears throat> for this Warriors team for a few years. And... He saw my guy last year, Travion Williams, sort of walked so Trace Jackson Davis can run now. And it's a passing, a defensive passing big to back up Draymond Green. So you can actually get into sets that look like 
the sets the Warriors normally run when Draymond is off the floor. That's a problem they've had for a long time and haven't really had the the means to solve finding uh, effective offense without Draymond. Now that they don't have Jordan Poole, it's not quite the same necessity that it was previously because you could envision kind of Trace and Jordan Poole functioning together in like a, a poor man's version of Steph and Draymond. But I think maybe with Podzemensky, that unit with maybe Chris Paul also on it could end up developing some of the same chemistry and hopefully long-term uh, give the Warriors a really fun second unit to run with. Trace is a fundamentally sound, mm-hmm. terrific rebounder. Mm-hmm. high effort defender um and he has a little bit of um like attitude to his game yeah like you're not just gonna punk him definitely you know you're not just gonna get rugged with him and just go oh well i'm, I'm cool i'm not i'm not i'm not about that life mm-hmm. um this is if you look at the archetypal player that they picked yeah in this draft golden state they went back to what they do, mm-hmm. which is high level, high basketball IQ, make the right pass, make the right screen, uh, make the right rotation on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we're not going to hold your hand anymore. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, I'm looking at you. Uh, Mo- uh, uh, Moody, looking at you. We're not holding your hand anymore. And if they're not careful – they will be passed up. Yeah. This is not a team that's waiting anymore. Mm-hmm. The salvo was sent when Wiseman walked out the door. And by the way, if Kaminga comes in and not doing the things that he was said he was going to do early in the offseason, like rebound and whatever. Yeah. He might be uh, looking at a little more G League minutes, too. Yeah. Again. That would be because the one thing that you know with Trace with, with Trace is that you could put him in the game right now for twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it'll be positive, I don't know if it'll be negative, but the one thing it's not gonna be crazy negative. No, he's gonna he's gonna do all the right things. He's gonna belong. Yeah. So um I mean he had the thing that I liked about his summer league is that it's usually it's usually guards that get down, mm-hmm. right? Guards and wings, because they got the ball in their hands. The thing that I saw with him is that all the little things, the the setting the screen and staying. Yeah. Like he set solid screens and then moved. Um he felt he looked good in space. Mm-hmm. Like comfortable, you know? Yeah. And those are the type of things that I'm looking for out of my big and oh, can you provide some rim protection or or you know, you know, get charges or whatever. He had a couple steals too. Like the hands are good, quick hands. So I'm uh, I'm impressed with him and I, I just I hope that as he continues to develop and being under the learning tree of like Drake one Draymond Green, I think would be 
helpful mm-hmm. if he is um and he seems very very like a a magnet to to learning when it comes to picking up nuances in the nba yeah yeah very amenable to coaching and that type of stuff i i definitely would have had him as the second rounder i was most excited about through summer league even though he didn't play a whole lot um the other guy i i would have near the top of that list is tumani what's the question on his um on his development like we kind of blew right past his development like what do you think he could do right now in the NBA or if not if he's not if you feel like he's not um going to get time and then what do you I think he will maybe get time. see him okay so how much time do you think he'll get um this year like playing <clears throat> well I think he's going to fit somewhere into this rotation probably on the lower end they've kind of been looking mm-hmm. for bench bigs um and he's the type of guy who does fit the system. I I think it's realistically just attaching him to Draymond Green's hip and telling him, hey, figure out how to do everything he does because we want someone who can do an approximation of that out on the floor for 8 to 10 minutes. And if he can step up into a role like that, I think he's going to get kind of all the minutes he can handle. They also, like you mentioned, really did need rebounding outside of Kavon Looney because it's it's kind of hard sometimes to just play Kavon Looney a whole shit ton of minutes. So if you have another guy you can throw out there and he can recapture at least some of the stuff with maybe a little bit more offensive upside, that's uh, something that the Warriors could really use for sure. Um the the other guy I was trying to get into there though is Tumani Kamara for the Suns. Um, those two specifically, I I really wanted to dive into because they were the first two to sign um, legitimate like guaranteed NBA contracts because they're on these tax avoiding teams who need rotation players. So they're really stepping into legitimate roles in the league. Um, Kamara is one of the guys I didn't actually watch before the draft started. I watched almost every other drafted player. And uh, I think when he first came in, I thought he was going to be some sort of freak athlete or something, but he's not that. He's not... It's not that he's a negative athlete because he's definitely got some athleticism in his game, but he is kind of a do everything forward like he's uh able to shoot at an all right level he is able to slide his feet and defend he switches at a really reasonable level early and this is like all of these things i'm mentioning are things that factor well into playoff rotations so this is a guy i could really see stepping into a role for phoenix and actually being an impact player throughout the year he's also older so he's got a little bit more polish on the game overall I almost wouldn't be shocked if we see this guy getting 
somewhat significant playoff minutes, and what by by that I mean more than like five, on the Phoenix Suns. And that's a team that very well could win the championship this year. I wouldn't pick them, but they they've got a shot for sure. So I I don't know. That's a name to get familiar with. I would say early. This is one of those mid-major guys that just gets it out of the mud. Uh, he did all the dirty work uh, uh, at Dayton. Uh, he guarded the best player, um, like the wing or <clears throat> you know big or whatever mm-hmm. case may be. Um, kind of kept the, the offense moving. Um, just a real good kid all around and was happy for the success of his teammates. That's the one thing that I 100% noticed about him in college, right? Yeah. Um, This is a connector. This is a guy that just understands the game, and that's all you really need in the Phoenix Suns right now. Now, I don't know what kind of long-term future he has. He definitely will have to add something um, on the offensive side to really stick. Yeah, he's got to be able to shoot. He's got to be able to shoot. But, yeah, but all the other stuff uh, seems something that if he was on the court with, like, two of the the guys that they got, you know, the Bill, the Durant, mm-hmm. the Aiton, and, and Wilker, yeah. you can not hide him, but he would be a, a plus to that team. Because he wouldn't make the right passes. He has really good vision, really good feel. And uh, he's not going to be a, a crazy, like, negative uh, liability on the defensive end. He can move his feet. Um, position defense seems right up his alley. So I see him definitely doing something this year. If there's an injury on Phoenix, mm-hmm. I don't know long term what his career looks like. Where with Trace, uh, with Trace, you see more. You see things that are going to be helpful, not just now, but also in the future. Um, there's a more defined role for him um, coming into the league where you can see, okay, if he progresses in the next couple of years, this is somebody that can average like 15 to 18 minutes off the bench. Uh, and and play a, a viable role for the Golden State Warriors. I, I, I don't know about that with Kamara. We'll see. I kind of see the same thing for Kamara. I I think offensively he can be just kind of like a Swiss Army knife, where there there is rolling potential. You've you've seen the dunks from him. The dunks are pretty impressive for a guy who's like not not like a freak freak athlete. Um, he. And and the shooting has been okay, at even even good last year. So if he can like figure it out long term, I think there is a pretty solid role for him in the league long, like going into the future. Um, for him to really stick in the league, Nico, what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to defend on a on a. Decently, oh, like, I think I think higher that, level. Right? Uh, oh, I think that's the the baseline. The rebound that I would be say. helpful. I I think the that defense. I think the defense is there. I don't really question that. I think he's a good switch. Mm, I do. He's he's good at pressuring the ball and keeping people out. 
I like I would say the defense is almost a starting point for him. That's the way I I, I don't see him sticking with like the real NBA players. What he's going up against right now, great. Well, real yeah. NBA players, not so much. Yeah. I I don't know. It becomes like a speed and strength issue, and I think he has enough of both of those. So, well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, we will have to wait and see. Who's the, the next guy on your list? The next guy who looks like. I maybe we'll tie two guys together here because both these guys are uh, potential role players on the defending champions. I think uh, we need to touch on both Julian Strother and our guy Hunter Tyson. Or oh, was Julian Strother at the end? Oh, yeah, see, Julian Strother was twenty ninth. So never mind. We'll skip on Julian Strother and just go into Hunter Tyson. Tyson. You missed the other guy, dude. Pickett, my guy. Oh, Jalen Pickett. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Pickett's good, but I, well, I think he's going to spend a lot of time in uh, the G League, whereas Hunter Tyson and Julian Strother, I can see both maybe carving out a role on the main team, especially uh, Strother, considering Bruce Brown recent departure and Tyson just because like teams always need shooters like that um the the shot looks great we we were talking about this earlier about his shot development from early in his college career to the point he's at right now and I think that the clearest thing you can see in his shot is that he has cleared out the hitch where he used to swing back his arm somewhat behind his head, his forearm. Now he goes up with a straight forearm and does most of his shooting motion with just his wrist rather than the kind of slingshot your entire forearm into the shot motion that he did before. Some people can be effective with that motion. It's just a little... It's harder and often easier to block. So the fact that he's switched it up to something that's more functional i'm i'm really high on i think this can be a guy who could maybe carve out a role definitely in the regular season i don't think he'll be a high level playoff player except for in spot minutes but uh it's still a fun addition to a good team in denver you you touched on the development uh, the first four years at Clemson, uh, Tyson shot 33% from three-point land. He also shot like a like 70, 75% from the free throw line. Yeah. And then in the last year, he made the massive jump where he shot uh, <clears throat> da, 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 48% from the field, 41% from three, and 84% from the uh, free throw line. So that talks to – his mechanic change, mm-hmm. which also that bodes well, yeah, right in the league because co- being coachable, being amenable to whatever your role is, uh, is something that is just of the utmost importance in the NBA. I think if I could talk to a young guy in the NBA right now, the second rounders, mm-hmm. you need to find. You can't just be a hezzy tween tween. Step back guy. Yeah. Like, you got to have something else to your game. Are you a connector? Mm-hmm. 
Do you play good position defense? Mm -hmm. Are you a good rebounder? Find that second skill, that second thing that will keep you on the court. Tyson did that. Yeah, he did. He played really good uh, positional defense. Uh, He was a menace on the court. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just seemed like he was in the right spot all the time. Yeah. Which is great when you're looking at somebody just coming out of college. It's like, oh, does he look like a fish out of water? He did not. No. Definitely not. I I was really impressed by his game overall. Um, another guy we should probably get into is Jordan Walsh, uh, Celtics. He he's probably on the outside of an opportunity for playing time this upcoming season, just because of the depth of this Celtics team. However, the the defense was shown in spades. We all knew it was there, and he had maybe a little bit more ball handling craft than was shown at Arkansas. Somewhat understandable because there were several better ball handlers than him on that team, as well as like, like the worst spacing in college basketball. But it was nice to see that he had some of that dribble game he showed at the high school level still available when he stepped into the summer league. Jordan Walsh should get time now. You know, now I don't know. You know, I. I'm looking at what the Celtics have. Other than Brown and Tatum, who's the wing defenders? I guess with Grant stepping off the team, that that does kind of open up a, a bit of a role there. They um, like to, to do the multi-guard lineups as well and just play one of the the other people may there could be a case that that Walsh gets minutes over guys like Peyton Pritchard and Sam Hauser. We'll have to see how it ends up unfolding. His ability to, uh, at an elite level to move his feet allows him to be on the court. Mm-hmm. The other connectivity part. That's the great thing about the Arkansas kids is that uh, being being coached by Musselman, who was in the league, mm-hmm. dad was in the league, he really gets it, and he prepares his guys to play in the NBA. Yeah. So I I was uh I was getting kidded before the draft about the Lakers Thinking uh, drafting Jordan Walsh. Like to shout out Key. On that situation, because I was like, oh, God, no. Um, please, God, don't let that happen. But um, as far as a player is concerned, as far as a role, this is a guy that definitely, I believe, personally, will be in the league for multiple years. Like, this is somebody that I – there's a role defined already for him and eight years, ten years in the league. I don't want to put a cap on him, but, like, this could definitely be a role player – eight to ten years in the league, and if the shot comes around a little bit, um, maybe he can be a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think there is, there's a lot of upside there that we could see unlocked in a player like Jordan Walsh. Um, 
I guess I guess we should probably probably touch on Amani Bates. Um, I I just really brushed over him in the the first part, but he did have a a impressive summer league. Um, summer league is the type of game that's really tailored for a player like Amani Bates. That's that's the same like Cam Thomas. Uh, we've seen him win summer league MVP. We've seen guys like this repeatedly do well. If you're capable of getting your own shots in traffic, you're going to be a good summer league player. But I I think still the the ways in which he scored were were somewhat more impressive, and his ability to take on some physicality from bigger players than he's played against to this point I think was impressive so there there was a little more juice from the Amani Bates game than was uh, kind of thought by me coming into this year but I I still wouldn't go absolutely crazy like some people are he himself actually <laughs> did you did you see that thing where he retweeted someone quote-unquote sacking him like they tweeted out his stats from a game and they were unbelievable over the top and then he retweeted them like they were true <laughs> it was a pretty pretty wild twitter moment but uh he's he's had a great summer league and he's now a summer league champion so i don't want to denigrate him okay you won't i will uh this is a case actually it's more denigration of his dad uh, this is a case of a, a young man who is extremely talented with the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. uh, does not understand the framework of team at all. Yeah. Um, and his father did him no favors by extracting him out of situations, either in high school, AAU, or also in college. By the way, did you know that Amani Bates' father – was allowed in Memphis practice. Mm, no. Did you know yeah. that? And had say in touches of what his son Man. was going to get. I think, like, there hasn't been a prospect uh, in a very long time that we've known about as early as Amani. We we started hearing about Amani when he was like 10, 11 years old. And that's generally a factor of the parent. So, like, this has kind of been apparent the, the whole way through with the Amani situation. I, I just almost want to stay uninvolved in that. That would, it would be more of a... Uh, an issue for me on a team state if uh, he was a better player than he is. But, like, a crazy dad for my bench scorer, I think, think is a little more acceptable in the NBA. But he definitely not really his kid wrong. Not really, because if you know anything about NBA front offices, they do not like loud parents. Yeah. They don't no, like parents talking. They don't like parents just – Oh, my son needs to get more burn and all this other stuff. Yeah, of course. Do you not, know this dude like, was actually? Do you know his father was actually like bemoaning the coach of of Eastern Michigan last year about 
how his his son didn't touch the ball for like two and a half minutes in a in a uh, conference game. I uh, no, I didn't know that stuff, but like this is your guy. Let it, definitely not my guy. At no point he has he been my guy, but I. I don't know. I just think it's one of those things where, like, the his dad is going to be so insignificant to the front office. Like, he, he won't even, like, register on the radar. I don't even know how much, like, the media is going to pick up stories from his dad when he's, like, the 11th man on a fourth seed in the East. Like, it's, it's kind of be going to be... Uh, a little bit irrelevant overall. Maybe, maybe he goes he's so winning. crazy that it, it gets on the radar. But I kind of feel like he's his dad's going to be easy enough to sweep under the rug. Here's when it goes crazy: when they send him to the to the G League for extensive time, and his dad goes, "I don't know why my son is in the G League. He can get a bucket any point." Yeah, well, in the game, let him that say that. Who's did. interviewing him? I have no idea. I don't think anyone's him. I think he he seems to find one or or a writer with the the you know with the laptop. Da, 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 yeah. da. You know what I'm saying? He 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 finds him. I I think all I'm saying is that the development of this kid, if we wanted, um, <laughs> I could not have a man like that on my. No, podcast. no. My point is the like, development of this kid, though. Hold on, he wants that he'd be interested. I'm, I'm sure. Um, the development of this kid has been um, criminal. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I think it's been um, a derelict of duty as a parent. I think he's done his son no favors. Mm-hmm. Um, his son is now going to face adversity really for the first time because you're not the guy. Yeah. You're you're not close to the guy. You're not even the guy's guy. Yeah. Like assistant. Mm-hmm. Okay. What you are is an ancillary piece that may or may not make teams. Yeah. Every year is a struggle for you. Well, and if you don't, and yeah, that's what I was about to say. If you don't develop other things to your game, Mm -hmm. like be interested in defense, which there was some of that. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Sort of. He can be interested in defense, but it's the Trey Young problem. Like, uh, Trey Young trying hard on defense and Trey Young doing nothing on defense are exactly the same thing because he's so little that anyone could just shrug him off. Amani, it's almost a bigger problem because he's going to have to guard up in positions and he weighs 160 pounds. Like he weighs as much level. as like some three's arms. It's not going to be an easy life for him. And he can't, he doesn't have the handle. To be a guard, no, it's not. It's not good enough. No, and and you're tall, so they're gonna rip you. Also, like it, it's definitely it's really hard pass. to find. It's really hard to find a role for him definitively. It's gonna be like a Jordan Crawford type thing, unless you throw some other magic into there and can kind of improve his game, maybe bulk him up a little bit. He's going to need to get better. We'll need to see a different player, but at least the thing that we saw in this 
summer league is the things he does do, he can do those. So at least there's a baseline to build on. Uh, I'd like to see him become an NBA player long term. So I, I'm here's a problem. 0.6 assists to 2.3. Oh, he doesn't. He game. doesn't pass at all. May, they, maybe that's the thing he develops. Yeah, he doesn't pass. All right, let's talk we about somebody about who actually far too long. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, this is crazy. Let's talk about somebody who is exciting to us. Let's talk about our guy CD Sissoko because this is our guy oh. right here. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Let's talk right. about him. First of all, uh, went to the right team. <laughs> oh yeah, went to the right team. Yeah. Um, some people are upset with his role because of the fact that it, it's it's kind of limiting him a little bit. Actually, I think that's a good thing. Is that listen, we need you to focus on two things right now, and then we can expand the game out. Like we see all these other yeah. skills. We're not saying don't do these, but these two things we need you to do. And did he do them in the summer league? One hundred percent. This is a guy who will have a he will have a career in the NBA. I am so excited for the development of CD Sissoko because uh, last year in the G League, huge leaps, mm-hmm. and then this year you're saying, "Oh, can you kind of downsize your game to fit a role?" Yeah, perfect. Thoughts on CD Sissoko, Nico? Uh, I think I'm I like I love City. Obviously, he was one of my favorite guys in this class. Um, the like you said, the role wasn't ideal for him, and he uh, was was really inefficient overall in the summer league. Maybe not something you necessarily would have expected coming in, given the fact that he did play last season in the G League. That being said the role was completely different for him than it was before. They're trying to morph him into more of a, a big player, like a four, three, four type guard can throw his body on people. When the G league ignite was kind of experimenting with what his guard skills could be. Um, I, I, I think he did end up in the right place. I just wish they would have tried to do a couple different things with him in the summer league overall. He's a good player. And long term, I think this can be a great fit once uh, the rotation kind of stabilizes a little bit more. I just think like on this team, he makes more sense as a guard considering they didn't seem to be crazy about the whole Blake Wesley experience here. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see going forward. I saw enough offensive creation uh, from him previous and also even with the mistakes. The other thing is that with a summer league team, I mean, it's either real, real young guys that are been drafted or it's been, like, dudes that went out of league who are, like, trying to get a, a job in Turkey or mm-hmm. um, in one of the, like, Spain leagues or the Euro leagues or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing you saw also when Wimby was playing is that you could see that if the players around him were better, he would have been better 
And I saw the same thing with Sissoko. And that's why I was like, oh, this, I'm cool. I'm good. I saw enough. Mm -hmm. You know, other couple things that you can see that they're trying to kind of ease him into or whatever. I was like, okay, I see what you're doing. As soon as you get, like, real players around him, this is going to work. I see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So um, I think he has a a long-term future in the league, Nico. I don't know if it ever becomes a starter. I think it can. Yeah, I think it can. I'm not 100% sure on that, mm-hmm. but I think there is a way for him to get there. Yeah. Um, because he he brings such an energy to the team and he's unselfish. Yeah, definitely. And that it just goes so far when you have that type of player. So, uh, I look forward to what his development path is, I will be very uh, interested to see what San Antonio continues to do with him this year. Do you think this is a um... – wow, I just got some good news. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, do you think this year this is kind of a shuttle between the, the G League team and, and San Antonio um, with him where he – gets 30 games with San Antonio and and possibly plays with uh, the G League team yeah, a lot to develop. Yeah, I really expect that, especially now that it seems like they're playing him at more of that guard type role. They already have uh, Vassell, Sohan, and um, Keldon Johnson, obviously, in their starting group there. So that kind of means like he'd be fighting for spot role in San Antonio in the first place. So probably spending a little bit of time vacillating between the pros and the G league is going to be the path going forward. Um, Hopefully he's able to carve out a little bit more of a role in the uh, pros long-term by the end of the season, especially because I think we kind of expect the Spurs to not be great this year, but it, I think it's going to take a little while before we get there. The last guy I want to talk about is the guy that I'm most excited about. Oh, I, I can I, I just want to rapid fire touch on a few other people who were uh, kind of impressive, deserve to be touched on, but I think I know who you're you're going to close on. All right, go. Cool. James Najee would looked like he could do some things in. Uh, kind of pick and roll big. Same thing with Muhammad Gay for the Hawks. Um, I Colby Jones looked nice for Sacramento at times. And uh, Gigi Jackson is a dude with a whole lot of upside who had some really good flashes overall. Amari Bailey as well. Once they finally threw him out there, he actually played some pretty high-level ball. So we like him. Uh, Maxwell Lewis was decent as well. He was ass. Um, he was terrible, and I didn't like him. And I do not like him as a pick right now for mm-hmm. us. But but that was not the guy. GG was with guy. Oh, oh, but I, I can transmit. I can transition. I feel like there is another guy you want to talk about. No, I know the other guy. That was another guy. Yeah, but GG, I wanted to stress okay. on. Um, here. The thing that I want to go with JG because we want to talk about development. Mm-hmm. 
If you notice in the last three podcasts, folks, we've been really talking about developmental pathway. Yeah. Reason why this is important is because this is at the point where it's not up. It's up to the kid to do his part, but he's at the mercy mm-hmm. of the team and what they are looking for. Yeah, 100%. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to marry what, like, everybody wants to be a max player when the fourth year comes around. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to do that. Yeah. That's great. Not everybody gets to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay? We got to start thinking real lot. Can we stay in the league? Right? Can we do that? Right? Gigi Jackson's 18 years old. He is all of 6'9". Easy. Mm-hmm. Easy 6'9". With growth potential. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to our guy, Alperin Shangoon, who is now 6'11 instead of 6'8". Yeah. Shout out, shout out to you, my guy. Shout out on up. <clears throat> Keep on eating your Wheaties and doing saying your prayers and take your vitamins. I'm with you. You my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, mini Jokic. <clears throat> yeah, I said it. Um, getting back to Gigi Jackson though, the thing that you see with him is there's a lot of creativity, a lot of um, on ball creation for himself and others. Mm-hmm. I think there is a pathway to starter <coughs> yeah <coughs> for him i think there is a pathway to playing significant minutes for a team in a winning style of play now obviously we are a long way away from that like we can't be further yeah but the glimpses and everything that I saw were great. Your thoughts on Gigi Jackson? Um, um, pushing on through, maybe we can touch on the final yeah. guy of the second round that we've been kind of dancing around, trolling Momo by not mentioning. But uh, Mr. Leonard Miller yeah. had a pretty excellent summer league overall. Definitely looked like a guy who should have been picked higher. Um the shot form is still inconsistent. I I saw that I see that it's been cleaned up a whole lot. It looks much better than it did once upon a time, but often he's not square to the basket when he's taking his shots and he needs to work that out better so he can get some some real shooting upside rather than just like the the pull up that he does currently. I'd I'd like to see more out of him going forward, but um what we've seen to this point because his playmaking that we we've always known about and now a shot that looks like it can be something and it's solid defensively as a player overall. We might be cooking with gas with Leonard Miller now. <clears throat> the rise of Leonard Miller has been phenomenal. The, what Where he's gone from his first year in the G League to now mm-hmm. is is really incredible. 
think a lot of people need to understand that sometimes development can just yep it just happens mm-hmm. <clears throat> it all clicks and this is something that we were talking about with Bilal Kulubali yeah uh, I think a week ago in regards to your body catching up with your athleticism catch, catching up with your mental and what have you now obviously it's going to be a long time before all the mental comes with Leonard Miller but he plays <clears throat> very smart he gets his teammates involved he's long he can switch yes is the shooting still still an issue mm-hmm. yes but there are too many facets to the game that are above average for yeah. him to be in a situation where it doesn't look like it's going to work. I believe it's it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what his ceiling is, Nico, is a different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that could say, well, is he a role player? Is he a rotation, like a viable rotation player? Mm-hmm. Is he a starter? I look at him right now, honestly, and say, like, this is real high. So when I say this, mm-hmm. your eyes are about to bug out of your okay. head. He reminds me of Lamar Odom. Oh, my God. I get it, though. I get it, though. I Like, I see it in the player type. It, like, he won't be that good, but I, I understand why he reminds you. Yeah, I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to hit that mm-hmm. ceiling. I'm talking about that type of player. Yeah. For that type of team, mm-hmm. do everything, Ginsu, Swiss Army knife type dude. And um, I see a lot of stat lines of like 17, when he's fully developed, like eight rebounds, yeah. four assists, a steal, a block in a game. You know, I took two charges, mm-hmm. you know. I caused a 24-second violation because of my length, trapping a guy in the corner. Yeah. Um, I believe a lot in the in the kid, and I think that um, this might be a year of plateau for the development. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see it. Like, behind the scenes, yeah. the Denver, the, not the Denver, the Minnesota Timberwolves will see it, mm-hmm. but we might not see it. And I think for fans out there, Timberwolves fans in general, do not get too impatient if you're not seeing all the signs right away. This is a mm-hmm. long-term investment. Because this is a guy who's going to replace McDaniels. If it all hits, if it all hits, it's a bigger version. Well, if it all hits, they could play together. Because <clears throat> if it all hits, Leonard's a shooter, too. And I want the cheaper version of I want the cheaper version well, of McDaniels. You, you could yeah. just start getting rid of the bigs and just have those. Oh, we're going to do that. Yeah, but you just throw those two guys out there. That is a hell of a start of a defense. Because like, McDaniels can do a whole lot of off-ball stuff and Miller can do on-ball stuff. I think I think they'd be pretty impressive together. The one like kind of negative note I want to hit on for Leonard Miller, and I don't want to put this out into the world. 
But I always keep an eye on injury concerns for those guys who have these mammoth growth spurts. We've seen it happen lots of different times. It tends to lead to some bone issues. Uh, Anthony Davis is a very famous example of that throughout his career. He's had a lot of different ailments overall. And I think I think that might be something to keep an eye on with Miller overall. But uh, over, I'm I'm really excited with the type of game he has. If he can clean up that shooting motion consistently and just be squaring himself to the basket all the time, I think he could develop into a good shooter as well. So this could be an impressive player that we're working with here. Absolutely. And um, with that note, we can pretty much end it on that. We have some big things coming up. Uh, uh, Nico and I have to get into the lab in regards to the uh, 30 prospects that were or, that were drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, we we'll be doing something on that. Um, we have a couple other things coming up, but we got to get a lot of stuff done with Nico because guess what? That wedding is upon us, and we need to get my man like right free by like early August. Early August, we will not. You guys will hear Nico. I will not see or hear Nico for like almost thirty days until you see me in person. <clears throat> That's right, because he's coming to the la la. I am. I am. He's coming to the la-la. And you know what was going to happen in the la-la, right? At least least one live podcast. Listen, FRPC is bringing heat, okay? Mm -hmm. So keep it locked here. Tap in. Follow us on Twitter, FrontRunnerPC, and at NicoFRPC. Also, hit us up on YouTube. Start leaving comments. In the comment section, yes, um, we've had tremendous, uh, uh, like, growth spurt mm-hmm. through. Let's shout out Oklahoma City again. Oh, yeah. But there has been a new member of our our collection. I mean, shout out to the shout out to the Denver Nuggets. Shout out to the Mile High City. Yeah. Shout out to my people in Colorado who understand the vision of Peyton Watson and what we think he could be, right? Uh, Milwaukee, too, with the fear of the deer. I was about to talk to him. It's been – we've been doing okay on YouTube. I'm I'm pretty excited overall. So tell I friends. Thank everyone. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we get some more uh, people coming in soon. Yeah, tell your friend. That's right. At – Tell your grandma. Runner PC at NicoFRPC. Check us out on all forms of socials. We got our link tree up there as well. So, tell your mailman. Tell your mailman. Yeah. Oh, tell your uh, your Uber delivery driver oh, who is he needs to, doing work. You need to actually put the pods on while you're in an Uber when they give you the auxiliary cord. Just force people to listen to our podcast. That's the plan. That's right. One hundred percent. And then uh, truck drivers, we're in on them. And anybody who's in a cubicle who doesn't want to talk to their neighbor, right? Blast. Like the annoying Janice or whatever, who's always talking about how she went to, like, I don't know, Burning Man or something like that. 
nah, you don't want that. You want hoops, and we're going to give it to you. So with that being said, for the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, and the Canadian Zach Lowe, and will always be the forever son, at least in Canada, for right now, because there's a trip to the La La of Loretta Current. Nico right. Miatello, we are out. We're excited about being out, and we will see your ass down the road. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace.